English move there from one to the other. Um, it's coming back to me, so it must be the Premier Edit Edit's service, but um, we are still... Not the most delicate offering plate you've ever seen, but very useful. So, Bar is raised on the offering plate so that you might raise it. Um, Whitney Stevenish, come September, we would like to give her a, a gift for her time with us. And if you could contribute to that gift for coming up after the service, um, that would be really, really good. Don't forget, Whitney. And then last before I pray and hand over to the band, um, tonight in here, because I think in here is the best place to get the best sound, we have two songwriters from either side of Canada. We have Melissa Hill from Vancouver Island from Nanaimo. And we have uh, Eric uh, White, who has been among us a little bit here in Fitzroy over the last year. He's from Cape Breton. And uh, they're going to be coming to sing a few songs, and I'm going to chat to them about all kinds of different issues, but particularly looking maybe at how geography affects maybe spirituality and the sound of the artists and the music in the evening. It'll be a very relaxed, enjoyable evening tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, if you're doing nothing, um, it really will be um, worthwhile to come along. Let us, as we do, be still and recognize different about your presence with us now than your presence at our meal tables, as we've worked and played, as we've become family and friends, as we've laughed, as we've cried, as we've been excited, as we've been afraid. You've been with us, you continue to go with us, and we gather today not inside the building that's sacred to all and called the church. We, the church, have gathered inside a building. And so we ask today that as we do stop, maybe a little bit more than we have done all week, to recognize your presence, that we would sing from our hearts, that we would hear you deep in our souls, and that we would lean in and seek where it is you would want to take us from here. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Song. Sorry, I've just had a complete mental blank. Good grief, sorry, hang on. There we'll go. Blessed be your name. In the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, when I find in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. 
Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Shining down on me when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Those pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Wisdom and thanks, honor and power. 
and be to our God forever and ever. Be to our God forever and ever. Be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to If you turn to page 12, you'll see there the details of this afternoon's nature walk at Browns Bay, Island McGee. Meeting there at 2 o'clock. I'd incur- I would be finished about 4 o'clock. A few people were asking. I think you'll be able to head for home about 4. Um, I'm going home straight after the service to pick up our dog uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, I'd encourage people to share transport if they can, as it's about a 45-minute run 
uh, to Browns Bay. Thank you very much. Can I draw your attention to the little flyer in your pew? It's for Fitzroy Children's Festival 2010. It's our little official flyer for the festival that's going to be happening at the end of June from the 23rd through the 27th. What I'd love you to do is have a read at it. Take the flyer home with you. If you've got children, P1 to 7, neighbours, grandchildren, children of a friend, I'd love every family within Fitzroy to take a flyer. We've got loads more if you need them. And to invite one other child, whether it's along with your child or, or alone. Um, it'll be a really great festival, fun, creative, brilliant. It's going to be excellent. If you still want to get involved, speak to me. But please try and get these out. We're going to really make a big push with them over the next month. Thank you. Next Sunday is Open House Lunch Sunday, and uh, Liliana, my wife, and myself are hosting it. Uh, so everyone who wants to come along, especially if you're new or fairly new to the congregation, I want to uh, meet other folks, uh, please do see us uh, after the service. We'd like to get an idea of how many of you will come. Thank you. PW members, don't forget our date next Saturday afternoon at the Manse. First impressions really count. And fortunately in Fitzroy, um, we're known for our welcome and for our hospitality, but it's also nice to have something material to give people who are visitors or who are interested in joining our family. So Eileen McGeown and Richard and I are hoping to update our welcome pack and on page 13 of the order of service, there's a note for, for all the leaders, excuse me. Also, you've been sent emails. I'm delighted to see that one out of 25 has so far responded to the email. So if you're a leader, there are certain things we want you to do. Um, the information is all there. If there's new groups that haven't been contacted, I know the Caring for Creation group is one group that has been started up since our last welcome pack. If you've created a new group, and you want to be included, or you should be included in this if you get in touch with me or Eileen or Richard. Thank you. Morning, everybody. Uh, one of the things that people often ask a dark person like me, whether I get darker, so I just wanted to show you. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my announcement, but I thought I killed two birds with one stone. Um, seriously, <laughs> on page 11 of, of your order of service, uh, you notice that there's an announcement about the Father's Day project. And you notice I started the announcement by saying that I grew up and I didn't have a father in my life, but I was lucky enough to have loads of father figures, male role models, friends, um, uncles. I was, I was telling a story of my uncle who always took me on, on, uh, on the ships because he worked in the Navy, and they played an important part in, in my life. And one of the things I'd like to do is to celebrate fathers. I, I do a bit of work for care for the family, so I'm really making this announcement on their behalf. Father's Day is coming up. We want to celebrate the role of fathers, father figures, whether, an, whether they, I almost nearly said they're auntie, whether an uncle, whether a grandfather, a father, or, or a male friend. Um, we want to celebrate their role. And the way we're going to do that is that the, the Sunday before Father's Day, on the 13th, we're going to have um, two things happening. One, we'd like to take a photograph of that father figure 
with a child. So if you're like Steve and you have two children, there's going to be two photographs taken. If you like the Kerrys and have multitudes of children, there'll be multitudes of photographs uh, being taken. And in this photograph, there'll be an object that'll be the same. You'll have to come find out what that object is. And the idea with this is that hopefully through the next year, we hope to take photographs in other churches. Can you imagine that people going to one another's houses, being, this, being Northern Ireland being so small, going to each other's homes and saying, I recognize that photograph. So wasn't that the photograph that they celebrated fathers in that church? Wouldn't that be great if they went to a random household and they saw that photograph? So we're piloting this project in Fitzroy, um, Care for the Families, and, and theoretically we should have about 350 photographs, but I'm going for 50. So we want at least 50 photographs. If this doesn't work, you've let all fathers down in Northern Ireland. I want you to know that. Uh, so no pressure. So on that day, on the 13th, you're going to come and you're going to take a photograph. The other thing we're going to do is we're going to have uh, some craft in the creche to give an opportunity to play with your little son or daughter, make some, um, make some funny plasticine um, models or color in, whatever. The two other things we're going to do is we're going to go on a photo treasure hunt. So what that means is I'm going to, hopefully, while well, you bring your digital camera, I'll give you a list of things to do. For example, go find the policeman and wrap him up in toilet paper and take a photograph of that. So those are the things we're going to do. We're trying to create lots of memories. So one of the things you're going to do is you're going to go off and do that. The other thing you're going to do, or you could do uh, as, as an option, is we'll give you a list of coffee shops. We'll have a list of prepared questions for you. So, for example, if you're a father, so if you were Daisy and Jane, for example, Jane, one of the questions you could say is, when and where did you first kiss mommy, and was it nice? No, no. Um, where did you first meet mommy? Or what's your top five favorite movies? So we want to create an opportunity for you to go and have lots of questions being answered on a sheet, and you don't have to share the answers with us, although that would be useful. <laughs> no. Um, and then on Father's Day itself, we want to have a display over on this side over here with all those photographs. Minimum 50 photographs. I'm not doing this with less than 50 photographs. Theoretically, we should have 350 photographs. So in the morning, we're going to take pictures of children. After the service, you will have an opportunity to take uh, photographs with older adults. So, for example, Louise uh, may get Stanley to come take a photograph. So if you're an older child or grown-up child and you want to bring your dad to the service, come take a photograph with your dad. That would be great too. So that will happen after the service on the 13th. Almost finished. On Father's Day itself, we plan to have the photographs displayed here. Um, and the service will be geared to celebrating fathers. There will be some stories. Care for the family will have an stall for you to uh, come and look at. So there will be a booklet for, for parents. So um, Janice, we have a nice booklet called Pester Power. So if uh, Steve is pestering you about anything, there will be a booklet available for you to use to uh, help sort him out. Okay, so will you all be there? <laughs> that didn't go well. You all be there. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I've put my name on the line here because I said Fitzroy will be there. So if we have 100 or 150, that would just be brilliant. The outside world is looking on. No pressure. Uh, let's pray.
Uh, Father God, we, uh, we'd like to thank you that no matter what we do in our lives, no matter where we are, you are Lord and God. And we also want to thank you that you allow us to do so many things uh, within this church and within the wider community. Things that allow us to meet people, to get to know them. We thank you for people with good ideas. So with that in mind, we think of the walk that's happening and just the, the opportunity to meet people. The open house lunch that's happening. Again, an opportunity to, to get to know people we don't really know. And an opportunity to show what, what community we have. The Children's Festival. Young people are one of the, our greatest assets. And uh, we thank you that there's so many of them involved within, within this church. We thank you for their energy. So we pray for that event. For PW and their event at the Manse. Uh, again, just want to thank you for the intergenerational opportunities we have in Fitzroy. And for, for those women who are role models to our young people. Uh, and the welcome pack allows us to share with people who may not be in this church and who may be actually sitting in the pews how to get involved, how to, to get in touch with people and makes us a more open community. The Father's Day Project. Thank you for fathers, no matter who they are, uncles, grandfathers, friends. Thank you for the work they do. Thank you that they help us to grow and develop. For all the things happening in the church, we pray and lay them before you to ask that you may bless it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Boys and girls, do you want to come and join me at the front? I've got a problem today. Well, we might have a few. Are we all right at the back? Is visuals okay? We're putting together a visual package for you this morning that has not been rehearsed. In fact, I've never seen it, so this could be good fun. Now, if somebody just sat, you see this line here? Well, use this bowl. As, if somebody just sat there, and yes, some of you sat over there, if you just sit there and Oh, they're all coming up this side. Yes, and this side just sat here, just right on the... Oh, those shades or something, eh? Where's your suit this morning? I enjoyed that last week. That was great, eh? Anyway, green's nice too. So, here's the thing. I'm going to show you this fence. Do you see this fence up here? Now, you see the wee boy at the fence now? When I talk about South Africa, most places it's all right, but we've got your man there, you know the one with the suntan, not putting us under any pressure to get our photos taken before Father's Day. He's in the house and he's got reinforcements today. Nadia's with him today, so there's going to be problems here because if I get this all wrong, then they'll be here to know that it's wrong. But if you look at this fence, I went to this fence once, and it's a fair trade vineyard. Now, has anybody heard about fair trade? No, fair trade. Yes, some of you have heard about fair trade. Well, fair trade, there's a wee symbol that sometimes goes on your coffee or your chocolate. If it's been fairly traded, what it means is that the people who work in the place that they pick the grapes in this particular bit, or maybe the cocoa for your chocolate or whatever, they get paid fairly. Now, why I'm talking to you about it is those people who work in those places have children. And if you imagine that you'd been born in South Africa... And you imagine that you'd been born up around Wellington and Parle and the place where Sun Up Vineyard is. You might have been born and you might be today on one side of this fence or the other. Now, we're going to put another photo, I think, up. 
have more. Have we got any? Now, you see there's somebody on this side of the fence, and look at all the other ones on the other side of the fence. We're going to see which side of the fence we want to be on. Are there any photographs there that shows either side of the fence? He said to control room production house at the back. This is because it was unrehearsed, you see. Keep, no, there's not. Just children. Keep going through then, the children. This could be you, just the two. Yeah. Now, you see the rugby shirt he's wearing? That's South African rugby shirt because that's where they are. And Brent and Nadia would really like that because that's their home team. We'll see how well they do in the football coming up in a few weeks. But what I find is on the other, each side of this fence, there's a difference. And if you imagine that you were born on the side of the fence that the one wee boy's on, then your houses are dilapidated. Nobody has tarmacked or put any paving on your paths or your roads. There's no education. There's no little school. There's no little shops. It's pretty bleak. There's holes on the roof and the water is coming in. However, if you're on this side of the fence, you guys got it really lucky, we might call it. Because on the other side of the fence, you can see one of the houses in the corner. And it's beautifully painted. They've got lovely little gardens. They've even got a little park. They've got a shop. They can get their education, not only at your age, where they have crashes, but they can go to primary school. They can go to secondary school. They can even get through university if you live on the other side of the fence. And the difference in the two sides of the fence is this. It's your parents. If your parents buy products that are not fairly traded, then if you, as one of their children, was on this side of the fence, there would be no guarantee that the man who owns the land wouldn't come down tomorrow morning and say, right, off the land, this is not your house. But if your parents buy fairly traded products, then they can guarantee that their children, if they were born on the other side of that fence, have got a home forever. Health, education, It's a huge difference. And it comes down to us. If we buy products that oppress the world, we live on the wrong side of the fence. If we buy products that bring justice to the world with the fair trade symbol, then you can have so many other things. So the next time you're in a shop with your mummy buying groceries, I want you to ask every Time she brings something off the shelf. Mummy, Daddy, is that fairly traded? Because if it's not fairly traded, you're leaving me on the unjust side of the fence. Now, not all products have got fair trade, but I don't mind that. Because two shops with parents doing that, and two things will happen. They will know about fair trade... And you'll be allowed to stay at home and play with your children or your brothers and sisters the next time your parents go shopping. So those are two benefits we have from this particular thing. The ultimate thing is this. Jesus wants us to work out how we deal with our money in a way that doesn't oppress the world and leave them in rickety old houses without education or health. He wants us to use our money wisely to make a difference in the world, to bring justice and fairness. And I want you to be the person that makes me the fair trade man. I was in the bank one day recently, and this mother came up to me that I didn't know. And she said to me in the bank, 
are you the fair trade man? And I said, I don't know. She said, do you go into Stranmiller's primary school and go on and on and on about fair trade? I said, I do. Well, my son every time we're shopping asks me, is that a fair trade product, mummy? So that's what I want you to do. And you see what you do when you do that? You change the world. You make people's lives better if we only buy fair trade chocolate instead of the non-fair trade stuff. Now, after that, which will become apparently clear in the sermon where you'll be out for, we are going to sing one that I don't particularly like and I don't think it brings justice. Because this song that we're going to sing is all about touching your toes, which I think of your Eva's age is fantastic. But if you're big and fat and old like me, it gets tricky. It's called ageism. But we're going to try it. Isn't that the one we're singing? Thank you, Gordon, for the photographs of the Fair Trade Vineyard. I will bend down and touch my toes, and then I'll, t- I'll touch my knees, and then I'll touch my toes. I'll do the knees bit, you do the toes bit. Wouldn't that be good? Let's stand up and show me how you're going to touch your toes and your knees and everything else you need to bend over and do. Okay? Let's sing. I will bend down, touch my knees, then I'll touch my toes. Then I'll stand up straight again and hold onto my nose. I will cover my eyes with my hands so I cannot see. Then reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. God created me, God created me. I'll reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. I will bend down, touch my knees, now touch my toes, then I'll stand up straight again, hold to my nose. I will cover my eyes with my hands so I cannot see. Reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. God created me, God created me. I'll reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. I will bend down, touch my knees, now touch my toes, then I'll stand up straight again, hold to my nose. I will cover my eyes with my hands so I can't see. Reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. God created me, God created me. I reach my hands up in the air, cause God created me. Well done. Okay, time to go. Kids' songs about justice. We'll try and work something out. Um, this is Keith Preston. It's good to introduce him to you. I want to just ask him one question, then let him go. And not go there, but let him go with us. Keith, can you tell me what your title is of the new job that you have in the South and East Belfast Presbyteries? What, what are you? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, got, I haven't got an answer to that one. Is there a title for it? Because we were trying to put it in the order of service, and we, were, we put in Working with Migrants in South Belfast, which isn't really a good title yeah, for a job. Working with Immigrants. Ah, immigrants. Sorry. Immigrants. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Go for it and tell us. Okay, well, it's a strange title, I think, for a, for a strange job. Uh, let me give you just a, a brief bit of background, maybe. 
I think in all of our Christian lives, we, we go along for a while and we seem to be going okay. And then it seems to be that God is never content with that, that he always challenges us. And let's say as an Irish mission worker, because I worked for the Irish mission of the Presbyterian Church, originally I was in the Republic of Ireland for 15 years, and then for eight years I've been in Dungannon. And uh, in that area of work, I, I got involved in an area I didn't think I would be involved in. It was actually using English as a method to reach the migrant population that had come in to Dungannon. Now, that population in Dungannon is quite significant. Lots of the factories have lots of people working there, and that work became quite successful. We have 130 going to an English class now on a Thursday, help them with social issues, things like that. It moved to Cookstown, moved to Macrafelt, and from that, I suppose, I got very comfortable as you do, you know, when you get on top of a challenge and then you sort of think you've got this cracked and then God has suddenly turned my world upside down and through the Board of Mission in Ireland and the Reverend David Bruce, he asked me to come to Belfast to work. And so now as I stand here, literally I'm all at sea again because I've moved to the city. I'm originally from Rathcool. So I've moved back to the city after 24 years of being away and it's to work with migrant, immigrant, uh, transient populations, I don't know. It, it's quite a challenge. So we're trying to find a handle on that and not least to find a handle on my job title because uh, Steve's been working on that, but he hasn't got the right one yet. So what am I here to do or, or what do I hope to do? Well, the short answer is I don't really know. I was at a, a very interesting community night in Bloomfield Presbyterian on Thursday night, and, and this sums up just where I am. They, they had a community consultation. They had lots of people uh, at a meeting on Thursday night to discuss their community and the people that lived around them. And I was there, and I felt when I was there, my biggest problem is I'm coming to this party too late because there's ample embrace, community groups at every level doing all sorts of things already with the migrant population that have moved into Belfast. So I was really challenged when I was there. What's my role or what am I going to do? And I thought of all the things that everybody had mentioned, the one thing that was blatantly clear to me that no one in all the different groups were actually addressing was the spiritual needs of the people who have come from different countries. Because uh, while the people from different countries have come here, mainly for economic reasons, to better themselves economically, and while they've come here and they're not searching for God, if you like, I would truly say that in my life I was never searching for God. But if you take John chapter 4 and the story of Jesus at the well of Sychar, that woman who came down to the well, she wasn't looking for God. She was just looking for water. But Jesus was sitting there waiting for her because he was looking for her. And while people have come here and they're not looking for God, I believe God is looking for them. And I believe God has a, a job for our Presbyterian church to do in that role. Now, what, what I've found so far, is we've done a little bit of stock taking since I've come to Belfast. We have individual congregations who are doing their own little thing, but really there's nothing on a bigger scale to give, to give us a bigger picture so you take a, a girl who's teaching English up in Low Memorial to some migrants. She's doing that work, but she feels quite lonely and she doesn't feel supported. 
So the first thing I have done, and one of the few things I've been able to do, is to get some people from different congregations together who are doing work of some sort among migrant workers so that we can support each other in prayer. I had a meeting in my house in March, and uh, I'm going to want to talk to you about Ulsterville just for a couple of minutes. We had a, a, a prayer meeting in Ulsterville two weeks ago. First meeting, we had eight. Last meeting, we had 15. There's another prayer meeting on the 14th of June. I hope you remember that. The Monday night, it'll be at half seven in Ulsterville Presbyterian Church. And based on what I'm going to say in a minute, if you feel like you would like to come along to that, if you're involved in some way with working with migrants and uh, you would like to have the support of other people that you, who could pray for what you're doing and you can pray for them so that we can, the sum of all the parts will be greater than the individuals. That's what I'm hoping to do. So I have a number of rules that have been set out, but they're not the law of the Medes and Persians. It's not something that's set in stone. It's something that is quite flexible. But my job is to bring together those different people who are doing things and help them so that they can help themselves do what they're doing better, but also to look for new areas of ministry where our church, now in that I mean the East Belfast Presbytery and South Belfast Presbytery, this is South Belfast Presbytery, could work together and do a project or do projects that could reach out where we're not just doing something for Fitzroy, or we're not just doing something for Fisherwick, or we're not just doing something for Bloomfield, but we're actually doing something greater for our church at a higher level. And what I've come across, or what God has seemed to have led me to so far, is Ulsterville Presbyterian Church. Now, you know more about Ulsterville than I ever will, because it's just a few hundred yards away. But just in case you don't, what has happened is the congregation there have, have been in decline for a number of years. And because of their aging population, they've had to go and join with Windsor Presbyterian Church. So it's left our church with an empty building sitting there, I think, in a prime location on the Lisburn Road. And uh, our church's plan, as we sit and stand here today, our church's plan is to sell that building. Now, it was Steve who first planted the seed in my mind about using it as a center for outreach, but he planted the seed, and, and I've gone ahead and charged at that gate. And I think should we really be selling a building like that? There we have a fantastic place, tremendous facility, right in the heart of an area which is surrounded by students, but it's also an area of high density of migrants from, from many different countries, all living around it with many different needs. And why not, before it's sold, give them a reason not to sell it? And so... Uh, what I've done so far is I got the keys two weeks ago, put up a few banners outside it, and on Wednesday of this week, I'm going to start a drop-in in the morning time, well, from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock. I'm going to do an English class between 7 and 9, and really the, the nature of this is to uh, gauge the needs of the community that will come in. I've also been given by Wellington College 10 computers, uh, I'm in the process of getting the telephone line in and we'll try an internet cafe in there. So how can Fitzroy help? What can Fitzroy do? Well, first of all, I don't want to, to bring people who are already busy doing other things to just add one more thing that 
you, you might, you know, just get gamefully employed in, if you like. But if you really feel God has been tugging at your heartstrings about getting involved in something, but you haven't yet been decided what it is, I want you to think about maybe helping me, because I could do with some help. It's going to be lonely sitting there on Thursday on my, or on Wednesday on my own. I don't know who will come through the door. Maybe if you're free on Wednesday and you want to come in just for a cup of coffee, just to support me, just to stay for an hour. The idea is that we meet the needs as they come through the door. Uh, hopefully we can talk with people about their spiritual needs as well as physical needs, maybe filling in forms. Who knows, it might lead to some clothes and things like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe you feel you would like to come just to that prayer meeting. It's on the 14th of June at, at, eight, at half seven in Ulsterville. And really what I want is to pray for opportunities where we could use this building to glorify God and to reach out, not as Fitzroy or Fisherwick or Windsor or, or Richview, but as a presbytery, as a Presbyterian church and see what we can do. And that's the first of my projects. And excuse me, where it leads, uh, I don't know. I know I'm scared. I know I'm afraid. Where you know if you're faced with a challenge, that there's that fear of failure and all sorts of things. But I believe God has brought me to Belfast with my family. That would be quite a challenge to get five children here uh, on the 13th of June for some photographs. But uh, certainly that, that could be five, so it could, uh, if we could get them all. I'm not going to pledge five, but uh, hopefully we could pledge maybe two or three, so only 47 to go. Uh, but who knows what, what God is going to do, and I would love some of you to be involved with me in that project. There's some practical things that you might be able to help with, but uh, I think I've seen a cooker sitting out there. So I did, and I don't know. I didn't see anybody's name on it, but, but uh, we'll see, see me afterwards about that one. Thanks very much, Steve. I think the advantage of having a Keith in our presbytery is also that he's an agitator, that knowing he's there, he's spinning that plate that we as a congregation need to be thinking about in the area that we're in. <clears throat> and hopefully he will bring both questions and maybe some answers and uh, encouragement as we try to reach out to the migrants in our area. <clears throat> as we come to prayers of intercession, um, I thought this morning it might be good just to update the congregation on the discovery groups um, working. Um, <clears throat> the, the, every congregation in the Presbyterian Church has to put a mission plan in uh, to Presbytery, <clears throat> and one of the recommendations from Presbytery was that we would do a discovery course, which is a tier fund course. Tier fund doesn't only look at reaching out um, into situations across the world, but they also look at situations in a local church scenario. And so a few of us went um, a number of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, and did a very useful discovery course. And we've been meeting um, every two weeks since that to look at the process that Fitzroy needs to go to if we're going to reach out into the local area. And just to pray for and update you on a few things that will happen as a result of that over the course of the next little while. Um, the first thing is that we're putting together a, a team of people. And if you are mad keen on this, please come and see us. We have uh, gone the other way and approached uh, some in the congregation to be part of this. A team of people who would be our team 
to reach into the local area on a regular basis that would um, be our connection points, our bridge into the area. So we have a hotel beside us. Some on this team would connect with the hotel regularly. They might bring um, uh, a pack that says, this is what we're doing in Fitzroy for the next three months. They might come and welcome them, as I hope we will, to a community uh, carol service near Christmas. And the same people will begin to make relationships, the hotels, Queen's University, Botanic Avenue, residentials, offices, that we would try to make those connections. That group will be meeting um, in, the next, in the next few weeks to just see what the role might be. And also to garner information back for us about what's going on in the area and what we need to be thinking about. What, uh, uh, to bring Jesus on the doorstep, we need to know what the needs on the doorstep are. Secondly, we're hoping that in the first full week of September that we would have a week of prayer which would uh, allow us to pray and open the church here. We would have lunchtime events. We would have evening events. We maybe have a 24-7 possibility happening on the first week of September, which would be a chance for us to celebrate who we are and pray for who we are as we start another church year, but also begin to pray that as well as the feeding that we get within, that we would begin to reach out beyond. And then the third thing I think that's eminent would be um, Chris and Whitney up until she goes and the rest um, uh, of the staff looking at how do we reach students in those first couple of weeks of term time? Is there a way we could go about doing that? Those are three little projects that are in the plans for the next while. And I thought it would be good this morning to inform you of those three things like I did to session this week, but also that we might just now pray for those and for the church. Let's pray together. Our God, we thank you for Jesus and we thank you that it's because of Jesus that we have this ministry and that it's to lift up the name of Jesus that we do what we do and that it's in the strength, it's in the wisdom and the vision of Jesus that we will go forward in order that we would bring Jesus the glory for what we attempt to do as a church. We thank you for Keith's work that he shared with us. We thank you for the vision and the Board of Mission Ireland to bring him to Belfast to begin to help us as a presbytery along with East Belfast Presbytery to work out what we can do amongst this huge migrant population that has moved in among us. We pray you would lead him and guide him, give him the support he needs in people, the support he needs practically, and we pray for this Ulsterville experiment that starts on Wednesday. And we pray... Lord, that you would just show whether that is a way forward for this particular ministry and for Keith. We pray for him and his family as they change cities and come up to live here. We pray that they would find themselves at home, not only in the house that they live in, but they would find a spiritual home too. And we pray that his presence in our presbytery would be one that would help us as we try in this area of Belfast to reach out to those around about us. Those who've come not seeking God, but who might find God, whether it's at Nightreach, or whether it's in Botanic Primary, or whether it's in our youth festival, or whether it's in some other way. Lord, show us the ways that we can be Jesus at the well for those who need water. And we pray for the Discovery Group as they push forward with this plan to help us to reach out 
We pray you'd give them guidance as they bring back that two-day conference and all that that entailed and try to apply it to where Fitzroy is today. We pray, Lord, as we get together with some who would become our bridges into the community, that we would enthuse and inspire, that they would find this a job that they would not only do because it's a job that needs done, but because they are willing to do it and they have a love to do it. We pray for our week of prayer. Lord, we know how important prayer is, and yet we do it so little. We pray that a week of prayer at the start of the new church here in September might just focus our attention in the right places, that it might be a chance for us to come together to pray, that it might be a chance for us to open this church building so that others who need to pray can find a place to pray. We pray too for the students that will be arriving up in September, and we pray that we might be able to make connections. Show us the ways to do that. Show us how we can be Jesus on the doorsteps of a university, of a bustling commercial area, of the offices around about us, and the residential area that goes down into the lower Ormo. We long to bring Jesus in the doorsteps, Lord. We pray we would continue to follow you onto those doorsteps, seeking you as we try to reach out in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart and let the healer set me free. I'm happy to be in the truth. And I will daily lift my hands And I will always sing of when your love came down And I could sing of your love forever 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 Over the mountains and the sea Your river runs with love for me And I will open up my heart And let the healer set me free I'm happy to be in the truth And I will daily lift my hands For I will always sing of when your love came down I could sing of your love forever. 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 I know I feel like dancing. And it's foolishness, I know. When the world has seen the light, they will dance with joy like we're dancing now. I could sing of your love forever. I could 
from Mark chapter 11, verses 12 to 25. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves, because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple area and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers? The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, they went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. (laughs) 